What's happening, Shore Conference? You're listening to the Weekly Coaches Corner segment brought to you by our friends at Varsity Link. Varsity Link is a social media app for athletes, and I'm sure you've seen some of their stuff around our site and on our social media. Varsity Link is one of our premier partners, and we're working hard behind the scenes with their tech team to deliver not only some incredible content, but connect all of our Shore communities. Some of our capabilities are driven directly by the work of Varsity Link, so if you're a short conference athlete or an up-and-coming youth or middle school athlete following our coverage, we cannot emphasize enough that you should download the Varsity Link app and get your profile started. The app is already pretty awesome, but for shore athletes, you're still getting in at the ground floor. Check it out today, and here's your hosts, Bob Batters and Scott Stuck. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Varsity Link Coaches Corner on the Shore Sports Network. Bob Batters here, joined with Scott Stump, uh, the usual suspects back each and every week talking short conference football, breaking down a couple teams. Uh, and this week, we're excited to be joined by keyboard head coach Jason Glesman, who we'll talk to him in just a little bit. And then later on in the hour, we will welcome in Tom's River North head coach Dave Oserwitz. A lot to talk to both those coaches about. Um, already a lot has gone on for both those teams early in the season as I bring in Scott here. And it's, uh, and we talked about this on our Shore Sports Network, uh, the Shore Football Report podcast. It's hard to believe it's midway through the regular season already. And you just had your midseason, uh, your mega midseason uh, notebook drop on shoresportsnetwork.com. So all that fun stuff. It, for me, it's still a little bit too early to look ahead to the playoffs. But at the same time, it's not. You can start actually glancing at those PowerPoints and kind of getting an idea. And it was wild as I was breaking it down. It's like, you know, this game in a week or two, you know, this game next week will clinch at least a tie for a division title if a team wins or this team, you know, will win it outright. Like it's that time. Titles are being clinched. Top seeds are, you know, being chased in this last month. Um, and yeah, I took a look at the player of the year race. We know with a lot of that, the playoffs is weighs so heavily. So it's, it's hard to project too much, you know, like this guy's the runaway defensive player of the year, offensive player of the year. Although I will know, you know, the offensive player of the year was probably Michael Ford. That was a big front runner. Certainly. But now with him being out injured, that's kind of opened the field up to yeah. a lot more guys. Um, and, and defensively too, you know, you have Davin Bruton and Zaire Day, RBC and, and Donovan Catholic who appear on a collision course. Although Tom's River North certainly going to have something to say about that. They still have to play. RBC. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, you look at all that and like, you know, all the great game and even coach of the year, you can't evaluate that now. That's almost, you impossible. know, guys who have gotten off to a great start, maybe their team struggled last year and they're doing a great job now. Mm -hmm. But you know, as somebody who's done these selections forever, coach of the year is so heavily weighted by what happens in the state playoffs. That usually goes down right till the final weekend because you, you have teams in mind and you say, well, this team does this goes all the way like how do you deny that right kind of you know similar season last year uh with with a bunch of coaches and and tom's worth going all the way and dave Oswald. and you have coaches that like their teams were loaded kind of coming into the year so yes even if they're doing well right now it's not like the crunch time for them mm -hmm. yet you know like a mike lang from rbc or you know dan kersion from donovan Cat. like they're doing great but when they're, I, the, their case will really be forged is in the biggest games of the season, which are all coming up in the next two months. Absolutely. And uh, the, the same thing, all the all shore spots. I mean, there's, we've always prided ourselves in, in kind of digging deep and going through the matchups. And you need the full slate of games to be able to reliably do that. You need to be able to compare. I mean, sometimes that's the deciding factor. 
like, okay, if this was the common opponent, how did, you know, for example, these two running backs, just to throw things at, okay, this guy ran for, you know, he had 95 yards in touchdown. This guy ran for, you know, 220 and three touchdowns. You say, okay, that's the deciding factor. So there's, again, while we're halfway through the season and we've got some answers to a bunch of questions we had, there's still such a long way to go. And anytime, you know, I think back to previous years and last year too, you think you have your finger on the pulse of things and how things are going. And then all of a sudden it goes to complete opposite. Yeah, way. one crazy result. One team that gets in the state playoffs is like a seven seed, didn't have the greatest regular season, shocks everybody, yeah. goes out, win a sectional title, something like that. I mean, that stuff, you know, and that's why it's fun. You know, that's why we enjoy it so much uh, because you never really 100% know what's going to happen. Um, I think it's tougher, like when we do the all shore stuff, like a lot of these smaller schools that play in the smaller divisions their star players may only get one or two chances to really impress. Yes. Like you can kind of get a mulligan in the American division. If you have one bad game, because you're going to play three or four other top 10 teams. Um, so yeah, that's always interested too. When like, how's this guy going to do in his like one or two big chances to make uh, an impression against the top team. Um, but no, I can't wait. This is the best time of the year. I mean, the crowds get bigger, yes. the stakes get bigger, the pressure gets higher, and we really find out who's who. I I, I always love this this month. I agree. Uh, the weather starts getting a little chillier. Like it, it feels, it's not miserable to be at the games yet, but it feels like football weather. You're rolling in. You know, the crowds are all fired up, uh, and and the games are great. And we're, there's going to be a bunch of those. I mean, division titles are very much still at stake. There's a lot of really important games coming up in all seven divisions. I mean, I think the only division you could say right now where one team has the clear inside track is the Patriot division, you know, where Keyport had a big win over Manchester in week four. We'll, we'll get into the details of that when we have their head coach, Jason Glesman on. But every other division, you look at the Liberty division and you have Monmouth Regional, you have Tom's River South, you have Pinelands. You, have, you know, those three teams, you know, Pinelands and South still undefeated within the division. Pinelands undefeated overall. And Tom's River South lurking there with that one loss. And, you know, those teams all, yes, Tom's River uh, South, excuse me, played Monmouth, but the rest of those matchups still have to occur. Yeah, I mean, Pinelands is going to play Tom's River South, and the winner of that game clinches no worse than a tie. Yes. But if Pinelands wins that game, they still have Monmouth Regional on the other side of that. So, it was no, you know, they're going to have another hard game if they want the title totally for themselves. Yeah. Um, or to potentially to at least tie Tom's, you know, or no, Tom's River South then would have a chance to close exactly. out. And you look at it, Pineland's last division title, 1987. Yeah. Tom's River South's last division title, 2002, 21 years ago. It's been a while. So the winner of that game is going to break a really long drought. Um, so that's why I love games like that. I think that's made this, given this year, some extra spice too. And I wrote about this in the midseason report. A lot of the non-traditional powers. Mm-hmm. Marlboro, Monmouth Regional, Pinelands, Manchester. They've kind of home Dell. Yes. They've kind of all like had breakout seasons at the same time. So it's refreshing. You know, it's not necessarily the same old teams. So it's a lot of fun to see those teams right in the mix. I mean, home Dell's four and oh for the mm-hmm. first time in 16 years for yeah. them. Um, so and that's th- another division that still has huge games yeah. coming. Home Dell undefeated, home but Dell against Shore they're going to have to play Shore. And Shore has the, or Manasquan has the win over Shore. Homedale just beat Manasquan. So if Shore can win that game, you might be looking at a three-way tie and Homedale still has a chance to win it outright. There's a lot of those scenarios, even though, you know, the American division, same thing. Donovan has the leg up. You know what's the crazy thing about that is the state public playoffs start October 27th, like that weekend. 
and RBC he plays Donovan yes. that game. So it's like you could be all hyped about the playoffs, and it's like quietly the biggest game is a regular season yeah. game because if RBC can find a way to knock off Tom's River North, which as we know is a very tall yes. order, then you know if Donovan Catholic can win out its American Division, that's number one versus number two, like basically to settle it because they're in different state playoff brackets. Yeah, that basically you're right. That would, for all intents and purposes, probably decide you know, the final number one overall. Um, and the American division title. Yes. Top of it. I mean, so in other words, we'll all, everybody will be all excited about the postseason and almost be like, this game's bigger than any yeah. game that anyone else is playing. At, in at the least for the, the final for that round. Yeah, yeah. It, it, that is absolutely true. And that you're right. That's going to I was thinking about that too. A couple of days ago, it's an interesting scenario because they do play that week nine. So October 27th, I believe it is. And you know, the state playoffs start, everyone's hyped up, but you know, traditionally you have the one verse eight, you know, there's some good matchups in there, but nothing that is going to approach no. Donovan versus that, RBC. You know, right now you're talking that's two top ten teams in the state. And even if, even if let's say Red Bank Catholic beat or Tom's North beats Red Bank Catholic, you have a chance for a tri division. Like there's still a lot on the line in that game, and it's still a marquee matchup. And again, when you, when we were just talking about evaluating for all sure, you know that's kind of how did you play in that game? Yes. You know, all state. I mean, forget it. That's that game's loaded with FBS prospects. Mm -hmm. That's the film that you'll be sending to every college coach under the sun if you have a big game in that game. Um, so yeah, it's just strange how that uh, regular season game is it coinciding with the same start of the playoffs for all the public teams, and will be one of the biggest games in the state that week. But yeah, this uh, this home stretch, you're right. Nothing is really decided other than you said. Keyport is the favorite the yes. rest of the way. I mean, they've. They've beaten Jackson Liberty pretty, already. Pretty sizable favorite, too. Their only Manchester, division games they have left are, I Keensburg. believe, Keensburg and Point Pleasant Beach. So They're heavily favored. Heavily favored, yeah. So those, so the Red Raiders have certainly have the leg up there. Uh, but even in... The, and you Jackson and Marlboro yes. in that division are kind of on a collision course. But they, they still have to win out, too, to get to that game. They would. Know? I believe this week is all non-divisional, non-conference right. games. And I believe they play next week. The right, and, week, I, and so. I think that's another one. The winner of that game is guaranteed no worse than at yes. least a tie. But still has to clean up the, the division right. against, you know, there, there's some other. Brick Memorial, teams. if they beat Freehold Borough, that clinches no worse than a tie. Yes. But then if they want it outright, they got to go through Brick. Yeah. Who has the, beaten them 10 of the last 11 yeah. years. And on the final week of the regular season, which is something we always. Yes. Massive for. PowerPoint Hall. That's not even division. I mean, that's like that. Could, that's a game that could vault you to the number one mm -hmm. seed in your bracket. Yeah, I love it. I love that that they did that. I hope. I wish more teams just did that. Where like your big rivalry game was right on that weekend that could just totally change your playoff seating. You know, division champion type stuff. I think that's the perfect weekend for those. I teams. love it too because the stakes are so high. And also, week zero, week one, those rivalry games. I I know are great. Then I know there's some coaches that really like them because it helps to set the tone for your offensive. You know program and everything like that the kids are super focused the hype builds throughout the summer but i also feel like you're not injuries notwithstanding teams are are what they are in week eight you, right. know, you are what you are at that point you're, you're seasoned and um I, I think it's the best representation of which is the better team and there's so much on the line that's what i think yeah. it is the stakes the are just so much higher uh one game i i do want to touch on uh from last week, and we recap this all on the Shore Sports Network football podcast. You can check that out um, anywhere you get your podcast, Apple Music, Spotify. Um, you go to shoresportsnetwork.com and, and follow the links there as well. But uh, that was a top five match of the game you were at, and it was Red Bank Catholic 34-6 over number four Rumson. 
the final score deceiving because that was a one score game until the fourth quarter and the Casey's put it away with three touchdowns in what under two minutes. Yeah. A minute that, and five seconds. Yeah, that'll do it. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was rushing touchdown, recover a fumble, rushing touchdown, pick six, boom, boom, boom. For, for RBC, it was a lot of, it was Emmanuel Ross, a couple touchdowns, Luke Wassef over a hundred yards on the ground. The defense played great. Davin Bruton had a pick six, but what stood out most to you about the Casey's? Their running game is coming around. They controlled the line of scrimmage, but it's really their defense just flies to the ball. I mean, Rumson, I, I thought their secondary was impressive because like they mm-hmm. haven't been tested a ton this year because they haven't played a yeah. passing team like Rumson with Owen O'Toole. And they picked him off three times. Bruton returned one of them for a touchdown. Steven Myers, uh, their senior D-back, had two interceptions, including one at the one-yard line. So I thought that was a really good test. It was kind of a crazy windy night that night. It was right yeah. before the tropical storm came. So throwing the ball was dicey in certain situations, but I thought they really held up. I mean, their pass rush got after O'Toole. He was you know, moving laterally most of the game, didn't have a whole lot of time to set his feet and scan the field. Um, so yeah, I thought that that, and Emmanuel Ross, like I've talked about before is, yeah, that's what I was going to say. We all know of him as a, one of the best receivers in New Jersey committed to Stanford, but as a corner, he's also one of the best corners in the shore conference. That seems like it's been one of the bigger revelations and the RBC guys probably chuckled that because like they know he was really good at that, but we haven't, I know he played there last year, but this year I think it's just so much more noticeable how he's excelling. I know it jumped out in that first game. Uh, when they played Bergen Catholic, and he did a really good job on Quincy Porter, Quincy I believe. Porter, yeah. Their stud wide receiver, and he's continued that. I mean, he did a really good job on Nick Rigby for Rumson, who's such a superb route runner. And just like what Nick Rigby does is he just gets open like against everybody. And he had his catches, but you said Ross did a really nice job. Yeah, I mean, I, he had five catches for 40 yards, and most of them were either like when the some of them were when the game was kind of out of reach and mm-hmm. they're trying to come back. He did beat. Ross for one five-yard TD on a perfectly thrown ball by O'Toole right there near the end of halftime. But, no, Ross relishes it. He wants to be known as a complete player. And you never know. I mean, obviously these guys get recruited for a certain position, but, like, we remember Bennett Jackson, right, from Raritan. He was a superstar receiver, unstoppable. He went to Notre Dame and became a corner and became their senior, like a captain and – one of the like an all American level yeah. player who got drafted by the Giants and on a team that played in the, the national championship game, yes. no less too. So you're right. It it's always good to uh, to be you know broaden the skill set and you know give your collegiate team options because right we've seen it with the, Jabril Peppers is maybe the biz, biggest example. You know maybe the best running back in the country his senior year, right? And he ends up playing defensive back in college and now he's started defensive back in the NFL. Yeah. So. Yeah, Point. so you never know, but no, yeah, Ross was, uh, he's just, he's really impressive every time out. I feel like anytime Frankie Williams puts up that fade ball, you can hear the opposing crowd like, oh, no, <laughs> you know, like, because they just know, even if there's two guys yeah. on him, like in the corner of the end zone, like he'll just make it happen. I, he's one of those guys that because they run the ball so much, he doesn't touch the ball like a ton. It's not like he's getting like 10 catches a game, but I swear, one out of every four times he touches the ball, it's a touchdown. Uh, the, the quality, uh, of the uh, the plays right. is outweighs the uh, maybe the lack of quantity. I guess. Yeah, and, and now I'm interested to see. You know, RBC they had a it was penalty ridden game. They had 12 mm-hmm. penalties for 80. They have to clean up. But now they're going to go up to Seton Hall Prep this weekend, and that's a big like Shore Conference reputation game. You yeah. know, Seton Hall Prep beat RBC 17 nothing last year. This year they're one and three. They're not ranked in the state, but they're still a very dangerous. Their team. schedule has been very excellent. talented yeah. team. 
But, you know, you want to see RBC go up there and handle their business on a weekend where both of our top teams, Donovan Catholic, taking the, you know, jet shuttle up there to Montreal the uh, yeah. to play St. Joe's. And that's a team that beat them handily last year. 42-14, I believe, yes. at MetLife Stadium. But, um, you know, really testing themselves because they know if we ever want to win non-public A, those are the teams you got to beat. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and they know that. That's why they schedule those teams. And you can go back to before Red Bank Catholic broke through and and won their state title. They were doing the same thing. Yep. They were going up. A little different. They were in non-public A for many of those years. Um, but, you know, they continued to challenge themselves and eventually it paid off. And it's you see Donovan's doing the same thing. So a tall order, but it's not a game that hurts them in any way. The only thing you can get out of that is, you know, a win certainly, but it helps you improve. And the, the players want that challenge. Yeah. You talk to them; they love those kind of games. That's why they're there. You know, they want to play against the other top players in New Jersey because, yes, there's the team aspect, but there's also the individual aspect of recruiting. Yeah. That's a high visibility game. A lot of college coaches are going to want to see the film of that game. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's a it's a tremendous non-conference. And yeah, go up and take your shot. Yeah. See what happens. Another team college coaches are probably going to want to check the film on is Keyport because the Red Raiders are rolling up the stats and playing some excellent football. Uh, and in just a couple of minutes, we'll talk to Keyport head coach Jason Glesman. We'll take a break and we'll be back with that on the Varsity Link Coaches Corner on the Shore Sports Network. Welcome back to the Varsity Link Coaches Corner on the Shore Sports Network, talking Shore Conference football and diving deep into a couple programs each week. And right now, we're excited to be joined by Keyport head coach Jason Glesman, the Red Raiders 4-1, and playing excellent football, coming off a huge divisional victory over Manchester, gives them the leg up in the Patriot division. And we welcome Jason in right now. So, Coach, thank you for taking some time to uh, join us tonight. And, uh, you know, a thrilling game. Uh, you guys have to move it with the weather. Played it on a uh, Friday afternoon, and it did not disappoint. So just first off, that you knew that was a big game in the division. Yourself and Manchester, the top two teams, uh, and to be able to pull out a win like that had to be a great one for your program. Yeah, and, and thanks for having me on, guys. Uh, I really appreciate the opportunity to get on here and just talk about our guys a little bit. You know, we got a great group of guys down in Keyport. So, uh, you know, last week the game was – I mean, the, the game was very similar to the week where, you know, we have the weather and we were trying to move it. We we're having trouble with officials and then buses. We figured it out like 945, 10 o'clock on Thursday night. Like <laughs> we're playing Friday at 130 and um, our guys were ready for it. And, uh, you know, this is that game on Friday was like a culmination of a lot of years and um, trying to get over the hill. Uh, you know, three years ago, the senior group, that we have, they were sophomores and played Monmouth in a game that similar situation would put the winner in the driver's seat. We didn't come out on top last year. We knew that game against Shore Regional was going to be a big game and we couldn't get over the hill. So, you know, the, the guys did a really good job of, of not letting the moment become too big and just, just focus on the game and focus on what we got to do. Um, and then the play will take care of itself. So it's a credit to these, this senior group specifically, um, because they've learned and they've matured and they're growing and they continue to grow every game. And it's, uh, 
as a head coach, it's just it's phenomenal to watch the senior group, you know, lead this team to what's been a successful first half this year. And when you're preparing to play a team like that, both of you guys are so loaded offensively. Yeah. Do you have to kind of tell the defense, all right, if Josh Love breaks off like a 70-yard touchdown, like you just – you got to just recover. You know, like yeah. this could be one of these kind of crazy games where you can't let them like hit you with the thunderclap and get you too far on your heels because we're good enough to come right back at them. But like, in other words, stay in the fight because there's this is a game where there's going to be a lot of crazy big plays. Yeah, and – and I just I give it credit to the kids. You know, they, they have that next play mentality. You know, are there the kid love on the first play of the game takes it to the you know, takes it into the end zone. I'm just like, okay, let's go. Let's let's see what happens. And um the offensive line specifically, they are just such a mature group and they, and we lead, you know, we we go uh as they lead. And uh, you know, one of the things that was really important for us on this past Friday we were chipping away. You know, we were having 10, 12, eight play drives and keeping their offense off the field, which, you know, that made a difference, uh, especially in the second half where we, we were able to chew up clock and just, you know, be methodical and downhill and getting positive yards. Uh, Makai and uh, Henderson and Nazir Treadwell really leading the way. Andre Matthews, although wasn't super uh, visible on the stat sheet, I mean, he makes our offense go with with his ability to attack on the perimeter. So, you know, it, it was a wild game, and we knew it was going to be crazy. And and the kids, once again, they never let the moment get too big. They they handled it. They they knew, you know, they could play, and they knew they could win, and they just had to win the next play and win the next rep, and they did a good job of that. You know, you have three guys that can score anytime they touch the ball, and you mentioned them, Nas Treadwell, Makai Henderson, Andre Matthews. And it was it was Nazir and it was Makai, you know, combining for about 330 yards rushing and five touchdowns. But specifically, Nas, I mean, he's your senior leader, you know, going to Holy Cross, one of the best overall players in the shore. And you have him, you know, at your disposal. And we saw on the other side, Manchester, and they have a player like Josh Love, who's their senior leader and a guy that could score in any play. But for you, in a game like that, you know, having a player like Nazir Treadwell, yeah, obviously it helps take you over the top. Is it exciting when you see a big player that that plays so well in in a big game? Yeah, I mean, I, Nazir Treadwell is such a special individual. He really is. Um, everything he does is special. Everything you know, the way he works, the way he practices, the way he carries himself. Um, so, you know, the football field is his opportunity to get all the recognition that he deserves, but he never asks for. Uh, he never asked for it. He's never, you know, talking this or talking that. He's never posting, you know, all these things about what he's done. He's focused on the team. He's focused on winning. Um, and even with, you know, the commitment to Holy Cross, you know, his focus has been with us the whole time. And I just love watching him perform because he's going to get the recognition that he deserves. And, wow. and and we've seen it all year. You know, he's he's had 100 yards pretty much in every game. He's throwing the ball pretty well. Um so I'm just, I just, I can't be happier for for a kid that stayed home. Uh, he had, could have had opportunities elsewhere, could have played elsewhere with the talent and the pedigree he had in eighth grade, uh, and he stayed home. And I'm just, I'm happy, I'm just so happy for him because everything he's getting is so deserving. How much has that approach that he has, you know, the stuff behind the scenes that people don't see, other than than you guys and people within the program? How much does that trickle down to the rest of the team? I, I mean, I think you're seeing it 
you saw it Saturday with Makai Henderson. You know, this is a a sophomore who's stepping up into a prominent role. Uh, and as a freshman, and we used to call him Pup uh, when he was a freshman, and and he would, we would tell him, follow Nas, do what Nas <laughs> does. All right. You know, like whatever you think is – no, just, just watch what Nas does, see what he does. And, you know, he learned a lot last year, and he had some significant playing time as a freshman, which is impressive. Um, but this year he was ready for the role. And and you see it. You see Nas's leadership, his quiet leadership. You see it in, a, in another young, high-profile athlete, and you're seeing him now succeed. And I think there's a direct correlation between the two, no doubt. I thought one of the most fun aspects of the game was in the midst of all these, like, all shore level players making ridiculous plays and all this. It's a freshman kicker, Marshall Calangelo, not missing an extra point that turns out to be literally the difference in the game. Yeah, you might still be playing. <laughs> yeah, you Marshall. might be in the 18th overtime right now <laughs> if it wasn't for Marshall. I wouldn't. Have, I wouldn't have made it out of that. Um, Marshall is he's he's cool, man. He's just he's so cool. He doesn't even realize the moment. He's just he understands what he has to do. Um, you don't got to kill the ball. Just, you know, we, we talk about operation all the time when we're doing field goal and extra point operation, operation, keep your head down, keep your eye on the ball. Um, and he's been very consistent throughout the year. Um, and, and I, I'm happy for him. You know, he's, he's a, a young freshman that probably doesn't realize how important of a role he had in Friday. I'm not even sure he realizes yeah. it just yet, but the ports uh, had some great kickers over the year. Pete mm -hmm. check yes. those days. Yeah. Pete check. He was great. But I was like, you know, it's sometimes that's the reality at small schools. You just don't, you just don't have a kicker. You don't right. have someone that's a reliable kicker. So you just put someone out there who's the best athlete or you try mountain practice and okay, this guy was the best one. He's the kicker. And sometimes you see that can be the difference um, in a win or a loss. That hasn't really been an issue for you guys. Clangelo has been pretty good. How big is that, especially the fact that he's a freshman where you have someone you know? I'm sure he plays other positions, but someone who can be a reliable kicker for the next, you know, three plus years. Oh, yeah. I mean, um, just having your role, you know, we, you know, we're a small team. We got 35, 40 kids and and everybody we want everybody to have an established role. And we want everyone to feel like when we win on Friday that that it is important what you're doing. Um, and we saw it firsthand week one. Uh, one of our, our, our big linemen, Ryan Burns. Mm -hmm. yeah, and here's the thing, guys. Everybody at Keyport wants to be a kicker and a punter. I don't. I don't know what's gotten into these guys. Like, can I? Can I kick? Can I punt? Um, but Ryan Burns, Marshall was out week one. He was injured, and Ryan Burns, our starting tackle in the end, was kicking, and we had a good game. And and it's like the third or fourth extra point. And he's gassed. And he's like, <laughs> Coach, what? I don't, I don't know if I can do this. I was like, I didn't want you to do it. I wanted Marshall to do it. Um, so you know, Marshall came back week two, and um, and he hasn't let it go. And and he owns his role, and he knows his role, and he he does a very very good job of it for for such a young man. Um, and and it is important, especially as we you know keep getting down the road here. You know, those points are essential. And you know, not to totally focus on the guys who are gone, but the fact that you've weathered some losses here mm -hmm. on the roster, but it your players don't blink. Um, your starting quarterback Roman Blanks transferred. St. Thomas Aquinas, and then in the middle of the season, Mike Ford, your senior star, led the Shore Conference in interceptions last year, also a key offensive player for you, moved to Missouri. So, I, I mean, like, yeah. how are you guys able to deal with this and just kind of keep plowing ahead? It's, you know, uh, when we broke at halftime, uh, the, the the team broke out on uh, we all we got, we all we need, you know, and uh, you know, we had some departures and, and we wish nothing but the best for those guys. We want them to succeed. 
We want the Keyport name to be attached to their success because we're rooting for them. We want them to do well. Um, it's important to us that they do well. And uh, I think it's just a credit to the kids that we have. You know, you know, if somebody leaves, there's an opportunity for somebody else. And, uh, you know, with some of the departures we've had, we've had a lot of guys step up. You look at Nazir transitioning to quarterback, which then opens up the opportunity for Makai to be the tailback. Um, so offensively, you know, I, we might be a different team. Um, and then on, you know, defense, you know, we, you know, Mike and credit to Mike Ford. All right. Big shout out Mike Ford at Hannibal High School in Missouri. He moved on a Sunday. And on a Friday night, he went down and scored three touchdowns uh, for like what's like Group Four Missouri football. So that's a quick way to get new friends. <laughs> yeah, go up and like knock out a couple TDs on a Friday night. So yeah, um, this new guy like six foot three, like catching all these TDs. Like you're right, that's he's the new big man on campus. So you know, um, but you know, with Mike's departure, you know, we've had other guys step up. You know, Damian Purnell, Stephen Breen, Andre Matthews moved to free safety, a position that he's done tremendously well at. Um, you know, so a credit to the players, um, not fracturing, not letting it, you know, beat them down or they didn't get discouraged by it. We know we have a talented group. We know we have a talented team. We wish everybody the best and hope that they succeed. Um, but it's a credit to the kids and, and their ability to step up and, and own the opportunities that are in front of them. And I feel like this is starting to become more like the keyboard of old where, Every year it was like, this team's going to be in the mix for a division title. You know, this team in group one is a real threat. I mean, has that been part of just building all this is that it's not just we had one good class, then we go back to being two and six, two and seven, every, like, it feels like you're really getting back to that key port, like back in the days under Mike Chikatelli, where it felt like, okay, we got a good senior class, but, but a good sophomore group, kind of always that, that next round replacing guys. Um, this, if you complete it, this will be your... First time you guys have won back-to-back -back division titles since the days of J.J. Beadle and Kenny Katoos, 2 3 um, I, I guess what would that accomplishment mean to you guys? And, you know, what has it been like trying to get it back to where, you know, it's the keyboard that will always be a factor, always be a yeah. it, You know, we, we just got to win one game at a time right now, and then, and then the division will take care of itself. I, mean, I I have been down to Point Beach Friday night too many times to, to you know, look past them and – you know, Kingsburg, it doesn't matter what the records are. Throw them yeah. out. You know, that's going to be a bloodbath of a game. Coach Reed, Coach Saccone, they do a great job. So, you know, we just got to take care of one game at a time, and hopefully everything takes care of itself. But, you know, getting back to winning consistently, you know, when I took the head job here five years ago, I just told the kids they need consistency. They need to know who's going to be here, how things are going to be done. Um, and, you know, it took us a little bit to get it going, but, you know, We've had high caliber players stay in town. We've had highly talented players stay in town. This goes back to Devin Meza, who had a full scholarship to Central Connecticut my first year. Um, that goes to then DJ Thompson, who got a athletic scholarship to East Stroudsburg. Now we have Nazir Treadwell. We have Makai Henderson. We have Andre Matthews. The talent is staying in town. And if the talent stays in town, we can compete and we can play with anybody. Um, and the kids have bought into it. And, and when they see high level kids, high caliber kids be successful at Keyport, that's all the evidence you need. I don't have to sell anything. Uh, you know, if you come here and you play and you perform, you'll, you'll get opportunities in college. And, um, you know, so it just comes down to consistency. Kids want consistency. And, and uh, you know, myself and the coaching staff, we've been able to provide that for them the last five years. And I think what you're seeing is just, 
you know, the benefit of that. And then, and all the work over those five years, you know, now we're feeling like we're getting in a groove and we're excited about that for sure. The, uh, the, the marquee names, you know, the Treadwells, the Matthews, the Hendersons, those guys, you know, they're in, they're in the recaps, you know, every week because of the numbers they're putting up. But, uh, specifically about the guys on the offensive line, like you're running for 330 yards in a huge game against a Manchester team that's played well defensively. So obviously those guys up front are doing something right. You know, it, it I know there's been comparisons to Freehold Burrow and they had a shot they worthy just with the style of offense. I know it's not exactly the same because you do have another guy in the backfield, but it reminds me of that in the sense where people started to forget, like, yes, there's a lot of talent in the backfield, but the offensive line is, is playing pretty well. So, uh, you mentioned Ryan Burns. Tell us about the rest of those guys up front and how well they've played and enabled your athletes to do what they can do. Uh, those kids bought in. I mean, uh, you know, we played, we went down to Glassboro last year in a playoff game and we were in it the whole time. But when you watch the film, you could see that we kind of got beat at the point of attack. You know, we weren't strong enough. We weren't big enough. We weren't physically, you know, imposing ourselves enough. And now that, that's been a problem, you know, I would say last year and a couple of games that we lost is, you know, we needed to be a little bit more there. This group, I, I mean, I, I didn't I didn't I wouldn't have had to tell them to lift. They would have done it on their own. And it was consistent. There's a weight room culture. So, you know, you look at Ryan Burns, Shawan Singh, Hunter O'Donnell, um, Jake Swain, Fernando Grice, all right, John Reyes, Max Fredericks, because it's not just the five. I mean, there's a lot there. Um they have a lineman culture here, right? So if, if anybody's played football and you know what linemen like to do, they just love blocking people and they love eating and they love lifting weights. Um, and, and they're the funnest group on the team. They drive me crazy sometimes, but they have worked so hard in the offseason because they knew we have talent behind us. We, they knew that we can do things if we can get that O-line a little bit more consistent. Uh, and then another part of that is, you know, Nick Christostakis, uh, he, he was longtime coach at Keyport. He, he was kind of away for a little bit. We were able to bring him back on, and uh, I want to just give a shout-out to him, what he's done with that offensive line, building their confidence, building their knowledge and understanding of the game. Uh, just a credit to that whole offensive line group, that whole room. Um, they take pride in what they do. You know, every Nas achievement and Makai achievement is an achievement of theirs. And uh, a lot of our success, it, it, they like you said, they don't get as much publicity as maybe they should. But, you know, they are – we go, they've, uh, they go, we follow. You have a gateway coming up this weekend. So it's a – like the whole the whole shore is either non-division or non-conference game. So gateway, tell us a little about gateway, um, what you guys expect to see from them and, uh, you know, maybe some of the challenges they present. You know, we, it's, it's was something – this is a good opportunity for us. We were able to get two West Jersey crossovers last year. So we're doing a home-and-home home gateway in New Egypt. Uh, you know, we played them last year, big physical team. Um, and, and, you know, we want to be in the playoffs and, and we want to be able to compete with these South Jersey teams and we want to be able to get over the hurdle and we want to kind of, you know, take down some of those guys. Uh, and, and Gateway is a, is a phenomenal team. They are physical. They are fast. They got, you know, they got talent all over the field. And, you know, last year we were in a, a back and forth, just a very, very physical game. They got some, they got two or three offensive defense linemen that are just, massive massive individuals that are fast and quick and nasty and tough they got a lot of skill so for us you know we're looking at this as an opportunity to win a game you know we're going down a gateway it's a two-hour drive and you know we got to go take care of our business they're talented we know they are we're not taking them lightly 
And, you know, what I'm hoping for is, you know, with a victory against a team like that, regardless of what the record is, that'll give us some confidence, you know, assuming we can get into the playoffs. And if we get matched up against the South Jersey team again, you know, you know, we can we can play against those guys. I know we can. We just got to prove it. Yeah, I just I remember it's so different now because I keyboard to me in the state playoffs it was always South River and yes. you know Shore Regional. Yeah, now sex. you have to worry about like Woodbury yes. and like Gateway and these teams that Hallsboro, are like yeah. you know Florence was like the furthest south team yeah. that you could possibly have to deal with in the old days. But now it's like you got to scout like half the state for who you might <laughs> end up playing in the playoffs. Here's what I know: they're going to be good. You know, we played Willingboro, we played Salem, we played Glassboro in the playoffs the last three times we've been there. Um, and our performance have, have been better. We've been more competitive, but we really, you know, we want to get in the playoffs and we want to make noise. We want to win games. Getting there isn't enough this year. You know, you guys are four and one now. Um, you know, the teams you're playing, you guys will be favored for whatever that means. I'm, I'm sure you're not looking at it that way. But what's the message to this group now as you would get into the second half of the season and you want to have that push into the postseason and be playing your best football come, you know, the middle of October. Just get better. Each week is an opportunity to get better. And each opponent we have left on our schedule, you know, whether it's the coaching staff, whether it's the players, I know not to take lightly. You know, the, the football, winning football games is too hard. Winning on a group one level is too hard. And you can't take anything for granted and you can't look at anybody as an easy win. Um, because anything can happen any weekend. I, I've experienced it at Keyport. Um, so, you know, we just got to take care of our business. Every week, the, it's been the same story. You know, we have to worry about ourselves. We have to take care of what we have to take care of. Because um, when we don't take care of our business, that's when we don't perform well. That's when we lose games that we think we maybe should have been able to win, or we don't finish as strong as we would have liked. So, you know, our focus is on ourselves. And if we keep focusing on ourselves and continuing to just try and get better each week with every opportunity we have, I think that's going to put us in a good position here as the season kind of goes through the second half. Jason, uh, thanks again. I just want to, you know, for taking the time out on a, uh, on a Wednesday night and also announced to everyone at keyboard is our Jersey Mike's team of the week for this week. So congratulations to you guys on that. Look at, he's got the football right there. What's your, order? what's your order? Turkey sub provolone. Italian, Italian. Uh, <laughs> give me the Italian. Give me, give me all the uh, the acid and the the heartburn and the, all the things that are bad for you. Give it to me. I want the Italian. Earth, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, again, thank you very much for taking some time tonight, and uh, and hopefully we we'll talking to you uh, a bunch more the rest of the way. So good luck to you guys. I appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for having us on. All right, that's Keyport head coach Jason Glesman. The Red Raiders off to a four and one start, playing some great football and in search of a division title and, and a high seed in the playoffs coming up in this next month. So yeah, Scott, Keyport playing some really good football right now. And the path is in front of them to continue that and really pick up a head of steam going to the playoffs. Yeah. I'm really curious to see how far they can take it. You know, mm -hmm. can they get back? Can they get their first sectional title in a while? I mean, they're certainly, you have to consider them a strong contender. Um, like coach said, you don't know how those South Jersey teams are going to be in the mix. They're tough down there, but Keyport, definitely has the talent and the coaching staff to get it done. So I'm looking forward to see how it goes. Well, we're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, our next guest, uh, head coach, one of the very best teams in all of New Jersey, coming off a very big win last week uh, for some different reasons. So we'll chat about that when we talk to Tom Zimmerworth head coach, Dave Ozerwitz. So quick time at, then we'll be back. You are watching and listening to the Varsity Link Coaches Corner on the Shore Sports Network. 
Getting that perfect slice is satisfying, fulfilling, and rewarding too. But we don't do it for fun. We do it for fresh. Slice to order makes a sub above. Welcome back to the Varsity Link Coaches Corner on the Shore Sports Network. Talking Shore Conference football. Bob Batters alongside Scott Stump. And right now, delighted to welcome in the head coach of the Tomser North Mariners, Mr. Dave Ozerwitz. Oz, our good friend. Always good to talk to you. So, Oz, uh, first of all, how are things going? It's going pretty well. I mean, we're a few weeks in here and uh, well, more games than we lost. So, I guess we got to be pleased about that. <laughs> so, we got to address the elephant in the room first. Uh, you know, going back two weeks, your, your star senior quarterback, Micah Four, went down with an injury against Donovan Catholic. Didn't play last week against Middletown South. So, just, uh, you know, looking to see what you can tell us about Micah and, uh, you know, when you guys can hope to have him back on the field. Well, I mean, it, it's, I know you hear day to day, week to week, right? That's coach talk. But uh, it, the reality is, you know, we're kind of at the mercy of our trainer, the doctors, and Micah. Uh, mm-hmm. He's rehabbing it. Uh, we think we're going to get him back at some point. But as a coaching staff, we approach it like we're not, you know, and that's the best way to put it. Um, you know, we're trying to improve our team. We're trying to build our team around the players that we have right now in place. And, uh, you know, uh, I think last week was a big step in that direction. Yeah. And on that, that's a 21-7 victory uh, over Middletown South. A really big game for you guys, just certainly in the division, playing another great program. They're certainly doing it without, you know, the, the reigning state player of the year. So just in terms of finding a way to win that game, you get two touchdowns in the fourth quarter, your defense played out of its mind. How encouraging is that to see that the whole team rose up and guys stepped up uh, where and when they needed to? Yeah, I mean, you know, that's you never know when you lose a player of that magnitude where, you know, he's been the driving force behind, you know, really the sex, success we've had the last few years. And, um, you know, he went down. A lot of leadership kind of, you know, stood up to the forefront in, in, in the locker room and, you know, during our film session. And the guys just got together and, and really kind of understand, you know, listen, everyone's got a role. And uh, we have a lot of really good football players on the team. And uh, one guy never makes a football team, you know, and at the quarterback spot, it's hard to say that, right? The Jets are dealing with that right now. But um, why you have to bring that you up? Ha- you had to bring- <laughs> I know I had a few Jet fans here, but I'm a Giants fan. So I suffer in the same misery you guys have. But, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, it was great to see. And, you know, listen, it wasn't great timing to play Middletown South and, you know, right after, you know, losing to Donovan and and, and losing, you know, Micah, it, it wasn't perfect timing, but it, it didn't allow our kids any time to rest. And we had to really refocus with a, with a laser type, you know, focus on, you know, preparation for, for a really good football team that was getting healthy and uh, is obviously led by, you know, one of the greatest coaches in short conference history. So for us to play the way we did um, against them in that spot. And uh, yeah, our defense was, was tremendous. It really been really good kind of under really kind of under the surface. Our defense has been really, really solid all year. And uh, even in our, the game we lost or seven, seven with, you know, midway through the fourth quarter with a really good team. So um, yeah, we feel real good about our defense. We can hang our hat on that. And uh, offensively, you know, there's areas we need to improve. We're not the same team we were a year ago, but I think we're a team capable uh, if we improve in a certain in, in some certain areas that that we could make another run. And that's really where our focus is. Just get better every week. Our schedule is so good uh, that you really don't have time to rest. And, uh, you know, we got another tough game this week. And I thought you guys just showed a lot of mental toughness. I mean, this is a team that had not lost a football game since these seniors were sophomores. You know, to do, to have to go through that and to see your star go down and then to rally right back and beat a really good team. I mean, that's got to give you a lot of confidence just – 
going forward of how mentally tough this team is for the challenges ahead. Well, you know, I always think that when you lose a game, I think the coaches take it harder than, than the players do. You know, they're resilient. Teenagers are resilient, you know, and, uh, you know, the next day, you know, we lost. We came back and, uh, you know, looked at the film and looked where we made our mistakes and where we need to improve. And they were in good spirits. By the time we left there, it was a little somber at first, but they were in good spirits. And, and when they walked, we walked out of there, I'm like, okay, you know, we're gonna see, you know, these guys are ready to go. And, uh, you know, we did lose a game, but it's not the end of the world. And it's, uh, you know, we knew we'd be vulnerable earlier in the year. I think we were last year, too. Um, we were able to survive and then and, and, and really start to snowball, you know, in terms of the way we were playing with momentum. And, you know, all we're trying to do right now is get better. If we can get better, we have, you know, we have a pretty good ball club. And, uh, you know, it was no shame losing at Donovan. They were a good ball club as well. And, uh, you know, we a few breaks here and there. Maybe the game goes different. But, you know, in, that day they were the better team. And I think our team was able to accept that and move on and say, okay, you know, we still have all the things we want ahead of us, in front of us, that we want to win. Um, and uh, that's kind of where our focus is. Micah just added a little different twist to the whole deal of losing, you know. So that was that was something unique. But um, you know, I was yeah, it was a it was good to see our kids come together and play the way they did against that quality of an opponent. And we just got to keep it going and keep moving forward. And one thing that struck me earlier this year, um, your comments that you made to Bob after the Rumson game about Jeremiah Pruitt. You've coached some tremendous FBS, you know, star players during your career, and you called him one of the best players you ever coached, like one of the most talented, especially all-around versatile players. And he became a huge factor in this Middletown South game, stepping in on offense, scoring a couple of touchdowns. I mean, how much, I guess, has, has it helped that, yes – you know, we have to kind of adjust here, but we do have a guy like that that we can put in so many different positions to make plays. Yeah, I mean, we haven't, you know, last year we probably asked more of him offensively than we have so far have done this year until the Middletown South game. But yeah, Mike, you know, when Michael went down, I think you can never replace a player like that. Um, but Jeremiah does give us that ability to run the football out of some of those big heavy sets that we run that, that cause some issues schematically for people to line up against and uh, create that extra gap. And he's just such a physical, you know, force there running the football. It's a different style than Micah, you know, uh, but he's very productive. And, and uh, he brings that energy to the team. And uh, he's a winner above all things. But, yeah, he's he's definitely I, out of all the players. We've coached a lot of different players, a lot of different places that were. And it's no slight on anyone because we've had so many great players over the years here and other places that a lot of these guys have coached uh, with me at. But um I would say he's probably the best all-around football player that 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 we've coached. We all talk about. There's really nothing he can't do. He's even a heck of a punter, you know, rugby punter, and uh, um, and he actually spin the ball pretty good as well. You know, if that's all he did all summer, he's got a great arm. You know, he could spin it. You know, and uh, be taught to do that. So, um, yeah, he's a very talented young man, just all around. The quarterback that was throwing the ball primarily for you. Uh, last Friday was TJ Valerio, and he had a really solid game. I mean, how impressive was that for him to come in? And that was tough at the end of the Donovan game. You're driving, trying to you know, get a tying touchdown, and he's got to come in after Mikey gets hurt, and it's and that's almost an impossible situation. But you know, a week to repair, he came out. I think he played really well for you guys, had the touchdown pass to Jeremiah, and just seemed like he was a stabilizing force you know, back there at, at quarterback. Yeah, I think you're accurate in your analysis. You know, I think he came into a rough situation there at Donovan. We're in, a, we're in a battle there. I think he came in in third down, and, you know, the, their defense line's pretty good, and we were having a hard time blocking him, so that he was thrown into the fire there. But uh, a week to prepare uh, with our staff, and uh, we have a lot of confidence in TJ. We really believe TJ is a very, very good high school football uh, quarterback, and uh, 
you know, we, we weren't surprised by the way he played. He does have a lot of poise. Uh, he knows our offense uh, very, very well. We, his, obviously, he's different than Micah or even Jeremiah in that position. But, uh, yeah, he, he's a guy that can, that can lead us to victory. And I thought, you know, he made really, really good decisions uh, in the pocket, when to throw it, you know, when to kind of tuck it and, and not force the ball into coverage. And, and some of their great players, you know, they have a lot of good players in Middletown South on defense. And uh, um, he played a near flawless. There was only one play probably where we said, hey, that, that ball should have been delivered here. Um, but he tuck it and ran and, and got, you know, eight or nine yards. So can't complain about that. But yeah, very, very pleased with both of them in terms of the role that the niche that we kind of carved out for both of them in that game and for that game plan for a team that's very difficult to play against defensively, you know, for your offense. Uh, another guy to talk about, I mean, one of the biggest recruits in New Jersey and really the Northeast, uh, your two-way lineman, Jalen Matthews, your junior, was committed to Penn State, announced that he decommitted. Got the offer from Coach Prime, which I know players definitely love showing that off these days. Um, but I guess how have you seen his growth? I mean, he 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 gets he's you know a ton of spotlight because of the recruiting and all that. But what kind of player is he this year compared to last season? Well, I think the biggest difference for for him, you know, the first two years he focused a little more on the offensive side of football. Um, He's been great for us on the defensive side, you know, playing defensive tackle for us and nose guard and, and our base D. And, uh, you know, he's he really probably probably played his best game of the year against Middletown South uh, two way game. So he keeps getting better. And, uh, you know, there's always room for improvement. Um, you know, I think he's got a lot of pressure as well, you know, being as highly ranked as he is and as highly scrutinized. Uh, as he is, but I think he's handling it well. He's got a level head on his shoulders and, uh, you know, obviously, you know, he's a unique guy, you know, he's six, six, he's, he's two ninety plus. He can run, he, you know, he's physical, he's tough. He's, he's, he's a mean guy when he steps on that field, he's the nicest guy you want to meet off the field. But, uh, you know, he's got, gets a lot of attention, obviously nonstop from everybody all across America and, and rightfully so. Um, but he understands what's important. You know, we want to win a championship here. You know, we want to contend for a state title and, uh, you know, he understands that that our football team comes first and uh, that's the most important thing and all the other stuff, all the other accolades will follow. And, uh, you know, he's, he's kind of kept that, you know, insight. I think it's kind of crazy that your other tackle, your senior Justin, is he even like bigger than Mike? Like how many, six foot six, six foot seven, 300 pound, you know, something tackles. I mean, that's quite impressive. And the rest of the line's big. Too. I mean, is, this, is this the biggest group of offensive linemen you've coached? You know, it's funny. We're pretty big, but, you know, so is the other teams in the league. I, you know, you know, you watch the film of the teams in the American division. The league might have the largest offensive line, you know, groups in, in maybe short conference history. I mean, every team's got a, a big physical line. Donovan's huge. Uh, you know, uh, uh, Wall's, Wall might be bigger than everybody. They're, they're massive. Up it front. is true. Uh, uh, Red Bank Catholics, you know, yeah. a big physical football team up front. So, um, yeah, I think, you know, for Tom's River North, yeah, I mean, we, this is one of the bigger groups we ever had. We were huge last year too. We're probably slightly bigger this year. Um, you know, we've had some big offensive lines. I know coach Nanny had some really, really big lines. Uh, we had some big lines when we first got here, uh, back in 06 and 07, but, um, yeah, this is probably the, the last two years, I'd say the, the biggest lines we've ever had here. And we always have some big guys, but as a group, you know, we're, we're large, but so are the other teams in the division too. So I don't think we're unique uh, in the American, but for Tom River oh. North or Tom River, for sure. Yeah. Bob and I talk about the American division outside of that division with Bosco and Bergen or whatever. It's probably the hardest division in New Jersey. It's got to be. I mean, you got well, four of the teams are ranked in the top 16 in the state. 
Yeah. It's a good division. Listen, it, it, since they started it, I think the first year they had it was 19 in, in its current edition. It, there's been American divisions before, but where they put the best teams, you know, from the year before in the same division. Um, every year, it's it, the division is very challenging. Uh, you know, it's very competitive. You know, it's it's dog eat dog. You know, you, you know teams eat each other in that division. And you know, and I've always said, you know, the division's great. It's great for the media. It's great for you guys. It's great for the fans. You know, uh, everybody loves it. But the reality is. If you look at at the production of the American Division teams in the postseason, it has been very good. So um, I'm interested to see, you know, as we go along here, you know, as as we get through it, you know, we talk about last year, this year, we were really good last year. We would have been right there in the thick of the American Division, but would we have been healthy enough to do what we did and go 14-0, make a deep run against some really really good teams down South Jersey who plays really good ball, and uh, you know. The, to wind up playing Passaic Tech in a final, there's good football at the North Jersey too, public school ball. So, you know, one week at a time, but it's an interesting experiment. I don't always like the experiment, but uh, it is what it is. And <laughs> yeah, uh, we I mean, don't have to make, you know. It definitely just seems grinding. I mean, just look at the two teams that played last week. You're dealing with your quarterback going down. They had like two or three of their guys, Middletown South, that they were playing without for a while. It's like this yeah. war of attrition just to make it through the season and then, hope you can pull it together in one piece for a playoff run. That's pretty much it. You know, I think it, listen, it does make you better. It, there, there, it, when you get through the American division, I'll say this, when you get to the playoffs, there's, you're not going to see anything better than what you're facing. You might see a team is good or two or three, but you're not going to see anything better in my opinion. And, you know, last year we probably had some questions maybe going into the playoffs, like how good are we, you know, and we really didn't know how good we were probably till we played Kingsway. And 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 because we knew how good they were from the year before, and and South Jersey public school ball is the best in the state, in my opinion. You can emerge out of that, you know, those West Jersey football leagues, the Cherokees, the Lenapes, you know, the Millvilles, those teams, you know, Kingsway, those teams are really, really that's really good football down there. So we knew once we left, we're like, wow, we, we really are that good. So we were pretty confident once we played Edison Passaic Tech. Um, but yeah, I think we'll we'll know more about our team going into the playoffs than we did maybe a year ago. But it doesn't mean it's an easier path, or it makes it, it makes it easier because you played a tougher schedule. Because you know, if if your best players aren't available and you're not the best version of yourself, then you're not as good as the team that played a weaker schedule that's healthy. That's just my opinion. Very true. I want to circle back to your defense again, real quick, because you mentioned they've played so well, so much attention to your offense, and rightfully so. But defensively, you were great last season. It flew under the air. You're the number one scoring defense in the whole shore last season. This year, you got off to a great start, held an you know, explosive Millville team to seven points, and you continued that. Um, a lot of the same guys back, but not totally. I mean, you graduated a first-team all-shore linebacker in Ty Kazanowski, another really good one in Ty And Ty's brother, Blaze, has really stepped up and played well. Another linebacker, you might have saw some time last year, you can correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Christian Oliveri had a really big game against Northbound South. So those are two guys, at least to me, that have stood out, that have stepped in and helped you guys not miss a beat defensively. Yeah, I mean, listen, we did return a lot of players, but the players that we lost were so impactful that you can't really replace them. You know, Ty Kazanowski is one of the all-time great players that I've ever coached here at Tom's River North. Ty Boland was a three-year starter, was a great football player for us. So um, Nassim McDougald was a two-year starter for us on, on the front. So, yeah, I mean, you look at the sheer returners, I think that was the, you know, the instinct the, you know, that everybody does in Aussie. Oh, North's going to be better next year. We knew a little bit better. You know, we knew that some of the players that we lost, we couldn't replace. And uh, so we were going to be different this year. But, yeah, I've been pleasantly surprised. We, we knew that we would be difficult to stop in a run game offensively. 
you know, especially with Ford running the ball defensively, we felt like we were going to be more versatile this year than we were a year ago. You know, in the past, we've been pretty much just sat in our three, four and, and matched up out of that. Uh, we're able to kind of match just about any style offense that we're going to see because we're so deep in certain areas that we weren't deep, especially in the secondary. Um, and uh, I've been pleasantly surprised with our edge play from Blaze Bowling. And, uh, you know, and, and we've had other guys step up as well. Uh, Eddie Slosky has been another guy, young guy uh, that played junior varsity, was a standout on our junior varsity. He's been fantastic on the edge with Blaze. So, um, yeah, I mean, and, and Christian Oliveri did start for us last year. So basically we had three starting inside linebackers. He was our nickel inside linebacker and was fantastic as well. Um, and, and he got injured late in the year against Middletown North right before the playoff started. And we lost him for the playoff run. And so um, he's fully healthy and has been great. He's been a shot in the arm for us. And uh, Anthony Rodriguez, another guy, three-year starter inside. That's right. Uh, but yeah, we've been so consistent there. I mean, we've, you know, our defense has kept us in every single football game at times has dominated games. Um, and, uh, you know, we've been in position because of them to, to have a chance to win every game on our schedule this year so far. What do you, you know, these next three weeks, you, you're out of the American division for two of them, some old a South rival Southern. And of course the uh, district rival Tom's over South in there. Um, and that's before the, the big game against Red Bank Catholic on October 20. So a long way from that, but these next three weeks, what do you want to see from your team um, where you, you know, you're without Mike and kind of adjusting to a little bit different of a style, maybe offensively, but what are you looking for you know, moving forward? You know, we talked about just getting better. You know, uh, it, it, we're still there's still so many areas for us to improve. And you know, I thought we had our best two days of practice all year on Tuesday and Wednesday here. Um, and that's kind of what you want to see. You know, the season is a long season and you don't stay the same. Uh, you're you're going to improve in increments or you're going to get worse, you know. And so uh, we're moving forward and, and we continue to tweak our lineup a little bit and keep moving guys around a little bit and juggling things and kind of changing our focus formationally offensively to suit what we have right now that's in place that like we said you know we're not approaching it like Mike is coming back even though there's a good chance he might um, we're trying to make sure that this team this group that we have can be a championship contender come playoff time and uh, this week we have Southern Regional uh, again last week we played Steve Antonucci who's you know one of the great coaches all-time state history and I got a tremendous amount of respect for him and his program and then we have Chuck Donnie who's one, another one of the great all-time you know great coaches in state history and another, you know, man that I have a tremendous amount of respect for. So, uh, and his program, and they're playing well, they're three and two and they're group five and uh, they're right in a playoff picture and we're down there. It's never easy to go down to Southern regional. We've had a lot of battles and wars down there over the years, you know, since we've been at North and he's been at Southern and, you know, we're expecting nothing less and we know it's going to be a tough, a tough battle. It's going to be a grind and a bit of a rock fight down there. We just want to, we want to win. You know, we don't care what the, what, what the score is. You know, that's one thing too, you know, last year everyone got caught up in you know how many points were scoring and this that and the other thing we don't care you know just, we just want to win you know and uh, as long as we keep getting better and we keep winning football games and they, we can win ugly um i i think we'll be we'll be fine you know head, heading you know towards the end of the year into that you know when the playoffs get set yeah that's what bob and i were talking about when you hang the banner they don't put the scores up next to it that's true you just you just get a championship ring. it doesn't have the scores on it it just says that you want no, you know, I, again, it, everyone gets all caught up in that and, you know, and the media should, you know, and I know there was a, a record breaking team last year and, uh, you know, that we were, we were, we were a good team and we got hot at the right time. And, but 
This year, it's a different team. It's still a very talented team, but it's different. And uh, there's a lot of different ways to win football games. And uh, as long as we keep finding ways to win, all right, that's the end goal is, to, is to, to, to win, move on, advance, tweak your team a little bit, and try to tighten up everything up, you know, heading into the playoff run. I was one last one for me. Uh, you know, your son, Luke, is a, a senior defensive back and all that, a starter and a very good one. You know, I played last year as a starter on the championship team. You know, getting to coach your son, I imagine, is pretty nice. I'm sure it's a little bit unique, uh, but especially him as a senior now, you know, the last go around for him in high school. Uh, how's that been? I'm sure it's like every week is a little more special because, you know, it's the time is kind of coming to end as far as your high school career goes. Oh, it's funny. I, you know, I'm, I'm one of those dads that never want to coach his, his son. As a matter of fact, I didn't want him coming to North either. You know, I, you know, we actually live in the East area. We get to go to North because, you know, you know, I teach there, but yeah. um, I never coached him in anything growing up, any of the youth leagues that he played in. And I stayed away uh, on purpose. And, um, you know, even here at North, I don't coach him, you know, I uh, pretty much yell at him more than anything. He gets yelled at, he gets, he gets, he gets that more than anything. But uh, yeah, it's, it's now that it's coming to an end, you know, and, we got a chance to talk about it and you know, obviously he's fortunate to be on a team as good as we've been the last few years. And, you know, we played in two sectional finals, a group championship last year. He, he broke into the lineup late his sophomore year as a nickel back. And last year moved into the lineup as well when we got into our, 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 our nickel package. And uh, yeah, he's been a good player. He's a, he's a good player. Um, you know, he's done well, you know, and you know, as a dad, I'm proud of what he does, but I'm also probably as tough as critics. So I don't know if it's always enjoyable for him. Uh, but uh, yeah, when when it's over, I'm sure we'll we'll look back and and we'll have some some good moments to be able to cherish. Well, Oz, always great talking to you, man. Uh, whenever you decide to stop coaching, whenever that is, you you got to see up here if you want with us, man. We can break down football with you all man. So well, my wife's gonna make sure I do something when I'm done coaching. I can tell you that. So I'm, I might take you up on that offer. Well, we'll keep you on speed now for that certainly. So again, thanks for taking some time on this Wednesday night to join us, and uh, you know, best of luck to you guys the rest of the way. No, I appreciate, I appreciate everything you guys do. This is great. And, uh, you know, it's good to have, have Scott back, you know, as well, covering short conference football. When I was a young coach. Uh, he, he was the guy that, you know, you two, both you guys together really, you know, wanted to read your columns and all the things you guys did. So you guys bring so much to short conference People football. forget a fun footnote about Dave, Coach J.R. Smith, the football player. That's true. Back in the day at Lakewood. Yeah. Well, it's funny. A lot of a lot of our kids, you know, I've heard Jr. Jr. is retired now, but yeah, they're like he played football. I'm like, hey, he was really good. He got offered by quite a few schools, and yeah, he was a heck of a football player too. But yeah, those were some good. Those were some good Lakewood teams we had. So, yeah, careers. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's funny how time passes and goes by. Just a quick footnote too. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if you guys are aware. Uh, former head football coach uh, Nick Aramita passed away uh, unexpectedly last Friday. So I uh, just want to say, you know. My prayers out and condolences out to his family. Um, you know, he was like a big brother to me. Matter of fact, he was he was an assistant coach when we won the state championship in '91 at Tom River South, and uh, and I served under him at Lakewood and really became a head coach because of him. Uh, so uh, you know, it's uh, got a little heavy heart this this week. So uh, just found out yesterday from his son, and uh, just want to you know put out our condolences to, to his entire family. Um, you know, I know they're uh, they're grieving right now, and uh, you know, you know, deeply sorrowful about it. Well, thank you, Oz. Uh, certainly condolences to the Aramita family. Um, again, thank you uh, for joining us. Good to talk, and uh, we'll chat soon, I'm sure. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, Oz. That's Tom Zorner, the head coach, Dave Ogleritz, the Mariners 4-1, and one, and going down to Southern Regional this Friday night, looking to go to 5-1. and one. So, like, Scott, uh, you know, Tom Zornworth, like, like Coach said, tough loss, but they bounced back from it pretty well. That's really 
all you can expect in that scenario. Now they've set themselves up to continue to move forward and play well. And, you know, like you said, improve every week. You know, you, you play as if you're not going to have Mike afford the rest of the way. And if you get him back, awesome. And I think they knew coming in this season, just given that American division schedule, it's hard for anyone to make through that unscathed, you know? So I don't feel like one loss was like some shocking thing. It's like, there's a lot of hard teams you got to play. And, and like coach said, if it ends with them in that group five title game again or whatever, it doesn't All matter how you got there, you know, or, or like any hurdles you had to clear along the way. And, and they still are going to have their say. I mean, they play RBC still, you know, like they, they could, Mm-hmm. turn that division into a three-way tie type of thing and all of that. And and yeah, the way they condition them, okay, he's out. We keep playing. We go forward. You know, and they, I mean, they've done so much winning there. You know, Oz is being humble. I mean, he's one of the best coaches in the shore and yeah. the state. Everywhere he goes, they win. So, you know, that's got to give the players confidence. These guys have led a lot of good groups. They did it with us last year. We, we follow what they're trying to say and we'll be standing there at the end. Yeah, absolutely. And they're they're such a deep and talented team that it's and well coached, like you said, where yeah, they can they don't have Micah Ford and you can't replace him, but there's still plenty. Well, good think about it this way. Be. If they do make it through this unscathed and then he comes back, yeah, they're gonna be like, It's time to wreck the whole state. It is. You know what I mean? Like it'll be like if we did this, look how good we were like without him, mm-hmm. and now we can add him back at just about full power, it's going to be like an adrenaline shot. That is very true. Very true. So uh, real quick, just want to touch on one big game coming up this week uh, in week five. It's a top top 10, it's a top six showdown. We'll call it what it is. That'll be number four, Rumps and Fairhaven, going into Al Saner Field on Friday night, taking on undefeated and sixth-ranked Point Borough. A clash of styles. There, there's a lot of uh, intriguing storylines to this one. It's Point Burrow's explosive triple option offense uh, against a Rumson team that always plays tough defense, always finds a way to shut down some yeah, top they're offenses. Known yeah, for you know all those state finals. Yeah. Like, oh, you, you have play, a great offense. Check oh, this you out. average forty something <laughs> points a game. Like you're scoring seven in this game. Um, that's always interesting because to beat that triple option or at least slow it down, you have to be extremely disciplined. Mm-hmm. Can't come off your man and try to make a play on the quarterback. And cause you know, Oliphant's too smart. The second you step one way, he'll pitch it to, yeah. you know, Clayton or hand it to Croce and they'll be running free. So, and he has the ability to take one yeah. cut and bring it. If you freeze and he runs past you, like he may run out, run your entire defense. Yeah. So I think that is, is a, a very interesting matchup. And especially I just like it too, because Multiple reasons. Obviously, these teams are two group two contenders. Mm-hmm. They both have designs on we think we can win all of group two. The other is that it's a division comparison. A middle of the road or you know, a team that's currently in the middle of the standings in the American division against the best team in their division in Point Borough. The Colonial, which is Colonial the division, division right under yes. to the American division. So you're you're seeing the comparative strengths there. Not easy to prepare for that triple option in only no. a week. Um, but I think the other, and I don't know if it'll be a factor. I know you were giving me your meteorologist tips before this. <laughs> Very like, amateur. Will it be raining because Rumson throws the ball a ton? Well, and then don't discount the factor that for an option team too, because that could take away the pitch and really make you not one dimensional, but certainly not as you're dynamic. too afraid you're going to lose yeah. the ball or it's going to slide the out. Weather of your could hands absolutely and fly be past a factor. Them. Yes, so I think that's something to really keep an eye on too, because if it is raining, um, that could kind of throw off all of the scenarios that we're envisioning here. And it's an interesting of Point Borough 
does not play a lot of passing teams, no. heavy passing teams. And Rumson will come out and Owen O'Toole will throw 35 times in a game if he has to. Well, let's face it, there's not too many teams around that will do that even. And right. Rumson now is one of those teams. So, yeah, it's a different a different look Rumson, uh, excuse me, Point Burrow's defense is going to see. So for defense coordinator Shane O'Connor and their players, that's definitely a challenge. I think it's something they're looking forward to, especially – given how they were eliminated in the playoffs last year. Right. William Burrow just throwing bombs over the top of their head and killing them with big plays. Um, and that was, a, you know, they scored 30 points in that game and lost, gave up in the 50s. 50. So yeah. that, this is a big test, and I'm sure something they've been looking forward to. And also the line play, again, is the American division mm -hmm. bigger and more physical than the Colonial division? I think we're going to find out. Yeah. You know, and obviously Point Bro is not as much about brute force up front as they are about technique yes. and skill and using their speed mm -hmm. to get off the ball. Um, and we talked about it in the other podcast, Rumson with a big addition up front this week. Yes, uh, there are uh, highly touted sophomore uh, two-way lineman Jackson Harris. is uh, a Rumson kid. Uh, spent his freshman year at the Hun School. He's back now. Had to sit out the required 30 days via the transfer policy. But he is set to make his season debut, and that is a massive, literally and figuratively, yes. addition uh, to both their lines. Rumson also doesn't have a, too many guys play both ways. They're almost strictly a two-platoon team and have been for many years, but he's an impact player enough where their coach Jeremy Schulte has said, like, you're probably going to see him you know, play on both sides of the ball. And he's six foot two, six foot three, 300 pounds, exceptional athlete has great yeah. footwork. So yeah, that's a, you know, a, a big future presence. FBS guy by Certainly. all accounts. And, you know, does it help or hurt or whatever that, that, that Rumson just saw RBC, mm -hmm. one of the biggest, most physical lines in the short conference. Yes, they fell short, but in other words, when you play a team like that and then point borrow, does it feel like, all right, this is more like, our speed, we're not getting like overwhelmed at true. certain points. Um, but I, I, and I just, I just think Point Burrow has something to prove of like, you know, we could play with these teams, we can beat these teams, mm -hmm. and could just be round one, right? I it mean, really could. There's a good chance. And think that. about it the seating wise, could this be so that the next round is at Al Saner Field or at Borden Stadium? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's tricky because you don't, and you don't know how the playoffs going to shake out either. They could end up being in separate brackets like they were right. last year, but they could be in the same bracket. And if they do, you know, this game will is going to decide who is the higher seed. So, yeah, it could be for home field advantage. There's a lot on the line in this game. Uh, not Nothing like dramatic, but at the same time, a lot of under-the-surface important things both teams are going to try to find yeah, out. Yeah, this is what I love out of, of a non-divisional yeah. game. You know, like this is what you want to see, mm -hmm. like a clash of styles you know, two teams that might not play all the time, but are similar sized schools. So there's yeah. not like some big disparity mm -hmm. between them Two top. What it point borough is five in our rankings, six, six. So yeah. Yeah. Two teams like in the top six in the rankings. Like to me, this game is perfect for what these non-divisional games should be. Should be a fun one. That'll do it for us. We'll wrap it up. Uh, first want to thank our sponsor varsity link. It's the athlete's social media network. Make sure you check those, those guys out. Varsitylink.com. Download the app on the App Store or the Google Play Store. Um, and just uh, our guest tonight, head, keyboard head coach Jason Glesman, Tom's North head coach Dave Ozerwitz. Always great conversations. I said it to Oz, same thing with Glesman. Uh, Jay, if you're listening. Are you trying to fire me? Am I like <laughs> no, on no, the chopping block here? The All right. Could never do such a thing. <laughs> so for Scott Stump, I'm Bob Batters. Thanks again for joining us uh, on the Varsity Link Coaches Corner on the Shore Sports Network. We'll see you again next week.
The right way to top a sub is with real red wine vinegar made from red grapes and no food coloring. And the right way to film it is in slow motion. Obviously. Because authentic ingredients make a sub above.